when it's our family and and we see a picture of our our brother or somebody and our children's put his face up there, then we see who's posted it, then we tell them, oh, you can't put your uncle's face like that because my son did that. I said, you can't put his face up like that, you know, even though you're remembering his day today that he's passed on. But to see his face on Facebook is not good. And I told him and he got it down. And also my um, friend, she lost her son through an accident and she put his face on the screen as well. And I told her the same thing, you know, sis, you can't do that because our law and our way says that his father's side of the family will see his picture on Facebook and say, why are you doing that? You know, you just lost your son. Your son just passed away and we can't see his face on Facebook. Mm. And they put it down. But there's not so many images. Mm. It's always asked for, you know, authority is given. Welcome to Disconnect, a podcast about the internet in remote Aboriginal communities. My name's Tyson Porter. I belong to the Arpledge clan from Western Cape York. I'm Ellie Rennie. I research how people use the internet. During the making of this series, a number of people told us that when someone passes away, their name and image should not be shared on Facebook or other online sites. You first heard from Veronica, who we've also heard from in other episodes of this podcast. Some years ago now, I was working on a project where we gave computers to families in three outstations. Tragically, there was a car accident near one community and a number of people died. At that point, an entire family stopped using their computer. I raised this with Tyson and this was his response. That online space is seen as a a place, almost, because uh, the custom is um, that the places the places a person has has occupied during their life, once they pass away, those places need to be warmed, you know, with smoke or like, and they need to be cleaned, they need to be left uh, to sit for a certain period of time and then reopened again, those places. And that could be a place in the bush, beach, it could be a street, usually an entire house would need to be vacated in this way and cleaned in that way. That's really interesting to me. Particularly, the the name of the person is very powerful, and that's what we need to really explore here. It's the um, the power of names, words, and images. In this episode, we discuss the topic of death, in particular how customs surrounding death are being challenged by social media and internet use. So we really need to understand the power of names, words and images in this reality. These are very powerful things. And I guess if you, if you look at the, the cosmology of a, of, of a universe where the sky camp and earth camp are mir- mirroring each other, and the sky camp is, is that realm of, of spirit and the intangible, the abstract, that uh, kind of dreaming side, and the earth, earth and people that's that's your tangible reality but these two are in constant communication 
with each other. So where you have your story places or sacred sites, those are sites of overlap between those two worlds, constant overlap, which is why you need to be so careful when you enter those places and you know follow all the right protocols. They can make you sick. Those sites of overlap can they can also occur through ritual, through ceremony, um, but also through the intentional use of metaphors. And the most powerful metaphors are words and images. Names are very powerful. It's a metaphor. The name is not the person, but the name is patterned from that person. That name represents that person. That's uh, the the metaphor that goes across between the worlds that calls that person's spirit. You can say the wrong thing in your mundane reality that can have the same effect as a curse or a blessing because it's creating a communication between those two worlds and it goes in a feedback loop between the two worlds. It changes the reality. You know, it can make rain. It can... It can cause accidents, illness, um, can cause trouble, can cause bad feeling, you know, because there's a shift in that spirit. So what does this mean for cyberspace? What does this mean for, for digital technologies? A place that's not really a place, but a place that's being seen in culture as a place. It's being responded to as a place. But where is it? Because is that part of that, that spirit world? Is it a wrong place? And it's hard to know. An Aboriginal media organisation based in Arnhem Land, ARDS, produced some radio programs on this topic. Most of the interviews were in Yolu Mata, one of the languages from the region. But one interview was in English. This is artist Ishmael Marika. Before, in early days, there's a social media, but it's not the social media. It's when if people pass a message to the other community, they have to make the message stick on the stick and pass it on to the man that can run far to or send the gapan, the white clay, to pass the message. There is a ceremony happening like funeral or there is an initiation ceremony or ngara, which is Marayan ceremony for the men business. If they send the gapan, the white clay, and that's the past, you know, early days, maybe 18th century and early days before the Facebook, yeah. It's very different because Yongo, some Yongo put diseased people what, um, on the Facebook and other people not happy by people putting photos on Facebook because that's public. You have to wait a couple of years until the family says it's okay to put it on Facebook or any video, like videos or even the names. This is name. You can't say their names. You have to wait for another couple of years until the family say yep, you're allowed to say the names. And that's the uh, you know, law here in Yolmo. But Facebook and, and media side is different because that's not our law. It's outsider social media. Here's Dapambal Unipingu recalling the death of Dr. Unipingu. 
because when old man passed away, when the old man passed away, the next day it was like crazy, you know. Everyone was talking about him on Facebook, and we got a little bit upset with all the family. We understand his work, that he was really well known around Australia and around the world. That's fine for non-Indigenous people, you know. But in Yulungu ways, that's wrong because we've got our own law. Usually when someone passes away, that's when our families gather together and hear the news the right way through the clap sticks and clan song lines. That's our law. We don't go straight to Facebook and put the name of the deceased up online, right? So that time the old man passed away, our elder, our feelings were hurt because some people did post his name online, which is wrong. That was a painful time. We understand his work and that he's well known. He worked all around Australia and represented us all around the world. He toured his music around the world to promote our law and culture and ways of life and that our laws are still strong and active today. But so many people still did not understand the appropriate process and posted his name on Facebook. There's just a, there's a quote from the transcripts here uh, from Jalu. Jalu is a senior elder of Galpu, a clan group from northeastern Arnhem Land. And he really sets out his, lays down his law first around those two sisters, olive python, rock, all these things, all those places. He, he lays out that law and the way it's patterned in the land and in his practice. But then he asserts... I don't want young people to put my stories and my picture on Facebook. It interferes with real life. You young people could get yourselves into trouble. You could lose your identity to English. You take what is not yours. You place yourselves above the law, even though our kinship laws exist for life and marriage. This is really interesting because he's asserting that, that people placing these stories on the internet are placing themselves above the law, the law of the land, his law that he holds. He does not want his stories and picture on the internet. And this is the part that really strikes a chord with me when he says the words that this interferes with real life. So there's that real life there, that, that tangible reality. Earthside, that tangible reality, which is the real life, the mundane. Um, these things in this cyberspace, in this kind of false shadow sky camp that's been created, this digital void, placing, you know, items from the law, you know, the traditional law, story, image, names, placing these things in that realm is interfering with real life. It's interfering with the reality here. 
yeah, potentially in really destructive ways. Elsewhere in this series, we've heard from a woman from Uendamu, a community about 300 kilometres northwest of Alice Springs. Uh, my name is um, Kumanjay Katagrinjai. I live at Uendamu community. Kumanjay is not the first name she was born with. It's an avoidance name. She is using it because someone else in her community or kinship network, who had the same first name, passed away and that name therefore cannot be spoken. And putting pics or little clips about um, that person that passed away. But um, sometimes when um, I saw, long time when I saw my nephew... Kumanjay tells a story of how it can be hard for people who want to share stories of their loved ones on Facebook. She has to monitor her list of friends so she can be respectful of the wishes of their families. I, when I'm on Facebook, I really um, slowly look at my friend list because I've got a lot of friend lists from everywhere as well, every languages. For her, it's easier if families control what is posted. I see all those sons. It's uh, not a bad, um, bad things, but I, I come into those little Pixar that comes to argument. They solve those problems themselves, culturally, and um, and then um, they always solve their problems because I'm. Um, the only that I always see is that own family putting the pics of their family or brother or sisters. That's better. Like um, if wrong people do that and they get into argument. This is not a new problem. It's it was a problem right from the start of of, of the moving image and even photographs. That's always been a problem and we've had to find ways around. And you, you see the, the sort of slack sort of policy solutions uh, that people put in place, which don't work. And no one's figured out how to deal with this on television, for example. So they just put a disclaimer up at the start. Um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander viewers are advised you know, that the following program may contain images of deceased people. Um, they don't uh, give any details about what community, what families are involved in that or anything like this so that people are able to filter. It's just basically a blanket disclaimer at the start. So basically, if, we, if that was of any use to us at all, if we were actually using that, it would mean that we would never see any media involving Indigenous people at all. We'd have to shut it off as soon as we saw the disclaimer, which nobody does. You know, it's a little bit like the terms and conditions that you have to click yes, I've read this on before you use anything online. Nobody actually reads that. You're just basically indemnifying the people who are providing the content, you know, against any kind of accountability. Um, this is the same. It doesn't work. As this is a problem given rise to by technology, I wondered whether there's a technological approach that might deal with this. Well, I mean, it's there already. It's just, it's just not being used for our benefit. You know, they're able to tailor 
you know, no two Google searches are the same for a different person. You know, they're able to tailor things to your algorithm. Uh, they're able to filter content to advertise things to your profile. The technology is there, it's just not available to us. But I guess uh, if we were able to open that up and people were able to, people and communities were able to um, tailor their own algorithms to their needs and update these as needed. So if you were able to put, you know, the name of a deceased person into that app or add it to the list or a community added it to a list that they were all subscribing to, that's all that content is filtered now. I think that's quite doable. There is an, an app right now I've heard of where you can just subscribe and click on the lists that are in line with your ideology or your triggers or the things that you don't want to see or hear. You know, there might be a political viewpoint that you don't like, so you can click that. And there is a list that someone else has always already made for you of all the hundreds of thousands of people on Twitter who think like that, and they're immediately blocked. Here's Dennis Charles from Uendamu, who we also met in other episodes of this podcast. I just came across one person, not one person, just, I just came across a person, you know, he's posing someone who passed away, like, younger or maybe older. It wasn't that long ago, maybe. And he was told not to post the disease pictures. He was told not to post it. And he was getting messages from uh, posters, like they was posting comments not to take the photo off. And he got upset. And he was swear, like, you know, using inappropriate words on his posts, comments, like telling them, you know, well, they don't want me to do this and that. And, you know, you know telling them people's off. And, you know, he was telling himself that he missed the person who, he or she missed the person that they lost. And he couldn't take it, you know. It was just, some people just, yeah, so he got really angry and swear. And he didn't want to take it off, to take the things off, like post off. So anyway, he got really angry and he had to take it out and in his own word, he had to just say like inappropriate words to, to his post. Yeah. I believe th this is not just a religion. You know, th this cosmology is not just a religion. It's, it's, it's the reality. And I strongly believe it's the reality for everybody because I see it mirrored in every culture around the world who are always talking about this interaction between heaven and earth. Every culture and every religion has that. I think the idea that non-Indigenous people have nothing and that these things, these names and images do not affect them, I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. So I did hear a story about a phenomenon that started on a reality TV show, and I think it was the Kardashians or one of those ones. 
they were taking images of their enemies, like people they didn't like, and they were putting them in the freezer, like this little curse they were doing. And all these teenagers all around the world started doing the same thing. And there was even a name, they, they called it freezing people. And they were taking the photographs and putting them in the freezer. And those people would have bad luck or get sick. And I think this is something that everybody understands on some level. It's not just an indigenous thing. I think this is a human thing. We have memorial pages on the internet all the time for people who've passed away. Um, people calling out their names in grief. People going through unhelpful new stages of grief like denial and bargaining and all these kinds of things while they're wailing out the names of these people and, and, and putting all their objects and, and images up around the place. I think you talk to a lot of old people now, they say this, it's really thick, uh, the ghosts that are around now, the unresting ghosts all around the world, you know, and I think it's these images that are calling to them. We'd like to thank the elders of the regions we travel to in the creation of this podcast and during the research that underpins it. Disconnect is produced by RMIT University, led by myself, Ellie Rennie, Indigo Holcomb-James and Tyson Young-Kaporta with producer James Milsom. Music by Dreaming Now. Telstra is funding the project as an action within their Reconciliation Action Plan 2018 to 2021. The Indigimob program worked with us on this episode. Indigimob is a partnership between First Nations Media Australia and Telstra. First Nations Media Australia, formerly known as the Indigenous Remote Communications Association, or IRCA, is the national peak body for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander media industry.